You are listening to the Independent News Hour on WBAI 99.5 FM. I'm your host, John Tarleton. Uh, my co-host, Amu Gagarian, is out today. Uh, we continue our coverage of Donald Trump's arraignment uh, here in New York at the New York Criminal Courthouse earlier this afternoon on 34 felony counts. Uh, so, you know, big, big story. Of course, this is Trump's hometown where his career uh, started. Uh, and, uh, but we're going to talk uh, here for the next few minutes about the Manhattan district attorney uh, that indicted Trump uh, and uh, uh, what we should know about him. Uh, uh, Alvin Bragg was elected uh, in 2021, succeeding uh, Cyrus Vance as Manhattan DA uh, during the campaign. The independent uh, Ted Ham uh, interviewed uh, Alvin Bragg about uh, his uh, history in the legal system and his uh, philosophy that he was going to bring to being a Manhattan district attorney if he won that race. And uh, uh, Alvin Bragg vowed to, quote, deliver one standard of justice for all. And, of course, uh, today he hauled Donald Trump into the courtroom. Uh, Ted, welcome back to the Independent News Hour. Thanks, John. So, uh, first of all, uh, your thoughts on Alvin Bragg. He ran in a year uh, where a lot of criminal justice reformers were contending for that position. He, there were uh, several running further to the left of him. And, of course, there were always questions ha- sort of hanging over that election of, about how aggressively the next DA would pursue Donald Trump uh, and his uh, uh, pur- purported crimes. So, uh, first of all, your thoughts on Bragg. Well, uh, I was just thinking that over the fall, he was the lightning rod, or last year, he was the lightning rod in the governor's race. Uh, Lee Zeldin was claiming he would um, fire him on day one, right? Now, and now he's a national lightning rod, so he's quite public enemy number one for the Republicans. But um, back in 2021, yes, he was um, progressive. But probably a little more to the center. Well, not, I don't know. He was progressive, I would say. Um, but I mean, Eliza Orleans, I would say, was probably, was the most progressive in that, um, race, public defender. Uh, but, but, um, in any case, he was certainly, uh, the likely, uh, winner. He was perceived to be a likely winner because he had the support of network of black Harlem officials, um, and he did well sort of picking up uh political club endorsements and things like that that are that are valuable in Manhattan. So um he he was making no secret of the fact that he was including Trump's his uh work in the attorney general's office prosecuting the Trump Foundation um and um, among other lawsuits they brought against the Trump Foundation while he was working first for Eric Schneiderman and then for Tish James. So um, you know, he was, um, nothing he's, he's done in that regard is, is terribly surprising. There was the, in terms of prosecuting Trump, there was the question of the initial investigation launched by Vance, um, that he took over when he took office in 2022. And he didn't go forward with that investigation, which was focused on Trump's asset inflation, right? Something that, um, the city's business elite does all the time. So that was, uh, could have been a more systemic, um, problem that he took on, right? That, that, but he chose not to 
complete that invest or go forward with that investigation. And you went with uh, the current one, which is about falsification of business records uh, and so on. So, you know, it is holding Trump accountable for the first time uh, ever, I guess you could say. Um, but um, is it really, is this a, a set of charges unique to Trump or is this something that will deter future wrongdoing? I don't, I don't know. I think it, I think it might be a specific set of circumstances because of Trump's own patterns of behavior. Right. Yeah. And, what what do you think of the prospects for this uh this case? I mean, it's kind of an intricate case involving one crime. Then, um, you know, uh, the 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 or it takes the the matter of, of the hush the hush money payments, which would be a misdemeanor, but it then becomes a felony because it was done to essentially a further an elite an illegal election contribution, and of course he you know falsified the documents. So it's it, in some ways a, a pretty um. Uh, elaborate uh, case to try to bring, but what are your thoughts? Yeah, yeah I think we all need to know more about that uh, election law, whether in, in, that it's a New York state case um, that's bringing in federal election law violations. Um, you know, so that has to be looked at by judges, and that will be Trump, Trump's team's focus. Um, so, you know, the one thing that many people would say about Alvin Bragg is that he's extremely cautious about pursuing cases, even though it might seem like this is a dramatic step. I mean, he wouldn't have taken it if he did not fully um, make sure in his mind, at least that in his team's mind that they, they could go forward with it. So um, you, you can see that caution actually in something that, uh, he also promised to do this is a little bit separate from the Trump stuff, but he promised uh, to have an active conviction review unit um, that hasn't really done much uh, in 15 months. And maybe there's still time, obviously, but he, so that would reflect his caution, perhaps that he doesn't want to uh, exonerate anyone. And he has in major convictions. They did a bunch of minor convictions, but they haven't done any major convictions. So, you know, he's, wants to be extra careful that they're exonerating the right person and that sort of thing. So that's just sort of the mentality he, he, he takes. Um, and that's applying here. So, you know, that he, I, I don't think knowing his MO that he would do this unless he felt, um, absolutely confident, even if it is somewhat of a unique, um, case, right? So that's what he's got in mind and we'll have to see how it plays out. Right. And one other part of this case that's a little unique is normally, uh, federal election law violations have a five year statute of limitations and. Yeah. And we're now seven years out, but there, uh, there's an argument being made that is, I, I guess that what Trump was away from New York for some of those seven years that like somehow the, that five year statute of limitations can be stretched out, uh, to the present day. Um, well, I've heard others say that the root, that it's an issue of the courts were closed during the pandemic. Ah, okay. So that, um, they didn't re, they were basically closed for March of 2020 to March of 2022. So they were closed for two years in that, in that period. So I, I think that's effectively nullifies the statute of limitations as far as I Of course, Trump would say it was all a fake virus anyway. And now, 
Fake virus used to justify a you know a fake prosecution. Uh. <laughs> right. Uh, it's a Manhattan witch hunt. I just looked on Breitbart a little while ago and said calling <laughs> Manhattan witch hunt. Right? So not, not a Salem witch hunt. <laughs> right. And, and uh, before we have to go here, of course, uh, you know the, the attacks being launched uh, against Bragg. A, a lot of it is uh, racialized. Uh, Bragg being African American. Um, a reigning Trump, uh, I, mean, I imagine he can handle it. He's, but any th- thoughts on that? Well, there's there's the racial element. You know, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene called him a thug, right? She called, she called, she called him <laughs> Eric Adams a thug, which you know he's not, uh, or he's not he's not a close Eric Adams ally. I mean, but he's not, right. I'm just using thug obviously as as, as a racial uh, trope. But then there's also the Soros stuff too, right? So. Mm. Then that's anti-Semitic trope of you know uh, the idea being that Soros has backed a number of these reformist uh, district attorneys. Well, they they don't point they they only point it out when they say Soros backed Alvin Bragg, right? So mm-hmm. so that, that they're invoking the specter of a Jewish uh, conspiracy, financiers conspiracy, the puppet master that Al- Alvin Bragg is carrying out his wishes and so on. So I mean that's that's the QAnon, Marjorie Taylor Green, MAGA, right? That everything is some sort of conspiracy. Trump perpetuates that, obviously, as well. So, right. So, well, and uh, th- this case could uh, take a while to unfold uh, with all the legal proceedings. So, I imagine there will be many uh, more opportunities for these people to race uh, toward the gutter. Sure. I mean, it, it takes. Yeah. Even if everything goes forward as planned, there. I mean, it's not going to. Uh, go to trial until at least early next year. And, th- and these things always get pushed back for. Right. We'll have to leave it there. Uh, but, uh, Ted Ham, we have an interview from, uh, that he did in 2020 with Alvin Bragg, uh, up on independent.org. It's called a lifelong fight for justice spurred Alvin Bragg into the Manhattan DA race. Uh, Ted, it's always great to have you here as our criminal justice correspondent, uh, share, you know, sharing uh, your thoughts. Thanks, John. Good to be here. Good luck with everything. All right. Thank you. And we will be uh, back after a, sh- a short music break. And uh, in the second half of the show, we'll take some uh, calls from you, the listener, at 212-209-2877. If you want to get in the queue, again, that's uh, 212 212- uh two zero nine two eight seven seven. Also in the second half of the show, we're gonna get an update from Albany from Assemblymember Forrest Affront Forrest about all the uh, negotiations going on around the state budget and other very important issues that get lumped into that. Uh while the Trump arraignment was historic today, we don't want to lose sight of other important stories going on at the same time. But first this break. <laughs> 